and Terry Saleh. Happy New Year, Leslie. Hey, everybody. This is Leslie Lee, and I'm struggling with that black girl magic this evening. Have a cold. Happy New Year, Terry. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's talk about love in 2017. I'm excited for the new year. Same here. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. So do you guys make New Year's resolutions? I don't. No, I do not make any resolutions. I have stuff in the back of my mind that, you know, comes up, you know, when I'm thinking about things about uh, the improved Terry for 2017. What do I need to improve on? But I don't have anything specific like, you know, lose 20 pounds or, you know, something like that. I like to keep things in a in a perspective where I'm constantly, like Terry said, I'm I'm reinventing and I'm constantly looking for the new and improved Leslie. I do like the idea of doing those vision boards that I just recently did because I get to reflect on the years past to see if anything ever came to fruition, if it happened. And I I can actually say that I can mark some stuff off of my vision board or perhaps um add it to this year but I don't have like a list of resolution goals that I have to accomplish by a certain time frame. No, I, I don't have, I don't do resolutions either. I don't set myself up for that, but I do plan on improving Tracy. You know, I do stuff like that in my head and I like the vision board. I've never done a vision board. So this year, um, I think the first Sunday in February, I'm going to have something at my house and we're going to do a vision board. But I do set goals. I set goals for things that I want to accomplish in in the year to come. And um, this year, I just want to be the best Tracy that I can be, you know. I can't be much more. I'm definitely, like, I think that for me, it's like, it's always changing all the time. And I'm making corrections, like, on a regular basis. I don't ever feel like I need to just sit down and, and, and take an account. I know what I'm going through. And I think I probably need to look at it differently too, because you, there's something to be said about writing down the vision so that you can actually see what you're working towards. So I, you know, maybe I need to look at things differently this year or going forward. Cause I don't write anything down. I've never been that type of person that has to write stuff down. Or I, I was never good at keeping it in the journal. I keep it all in my head. Yeah, and I'm just the opposite, Leslie. Like in 2016, I did write down goals. However, I did mm-hmm. not meet half of them. And so I kind of got discouraged and said, ah, I'm not doing that for 2017. I didn't meet them anyway. But I do think I need to get back to writing them down. It does help, like you said, to see what you did accomplish and what you right. still want to accomplish. I think writing writing it down makes sense. Hello? Yeah, I, I I I have a couple of things that I want to get done. You know, I definitely want to buy something this year. You know, so I have when you to say something. Stop what are you spend, looking at? A house, a condo, something like that. Oh, in twenty seventeen. Yeah, towards the end of the year, I'd like to be able to be in the position to, to purchase something. Okay. That's so good. that would that would require me, you know, not shopping anymore, <laughs> slowing down the shop. What about your love lives? What about your marriages? Is there some goals you have in your marriages that you want to uh, accomplish in 2017 to maybe spice it up or redirect it or anything like that? I think that's I think something that, that I've just in general, okay. I have a couple of just things in general for all of my relationships, you know, I have great relationships with friends and family. And then my relationship with my husband this year, it'll be 28 years that we are married. So for my marriage, you know, just to be a better communicator, to improve communication and definitely to make things more spicy, more engaged, more exciting. Um, And then with relationships with just friends and family, just to go to a uh, a deeper level, you know, really um, understanding, you know, some of my friends and family that I we sometimes we just have um, 
surface conversations. So just going to that next level, asking some questions just to really get to know them better. So that's that's what I would say for 2017. For me, I, like Terry, we're, we're celebrating a milestone this year. It'll be 30 years. So I've committed to starting the celebration now. I'm not going to wait till the actual date of our anniversary. Like we're going to start doing things now just to celebrate each other on a regular basis. And I'm, I know that for me to be a better communicator in my relationship, I have to really check me because I am the culprit a lot of times when it comes to the, uh, the bad communication, I would say, because I, I really, I, I keep score. I know I'm wrong. I keep score. And I know that I need to like work on that about myself and not be so confrontational and so argumentative because I'm good at that. I, I, I can really hone in on the things that I'm good at. So I'm trying to learn not to be the person that has to have the last word all the time. And then like what Terry was saying with my friendships, I feel like I do come across real and I present myself and I'm willing to share. And then I have to take cues from other people to let them know that it's okay to share with me, that they don't have to worry about taking whatever I, whatever they say. And then I'm going to run with it and tell the world because I'm not that person. But I think that when people start to trust the lead a little more, they can communicate more effectively. I think a lot of people have something that they want to say, want to share, want to get off their chest, but they just don't know who the right people are to talk to. I see. I see. I I I want to communicate better. You know, I don't think that I communicate well enough. You know, sometimes I can be a little um, aggressive, like you said, Leslie, and in, in, in dealing with people at work or dealing with some of my friends or just you know the people that I I come in contact with at the store. You know, when I'm supposed to be getting great customer service and I'm not, I want to fix that. So I don't get so annoyed, so testy. You know, that's one of the things I want to do. And, you know, I'm all about love. So I want to uh, improve my love life in uh, 2017. How do I do that? I don't know. I know we have a panel on tonight that I'm going to be asking some questions and hope I can get some answers on how that works out. But um, that's something that I want for 2017. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been watching um, old reruns. I don't know if anybody remembers uh, Julia with Diane Carroll. And I just love the conversation and the vocabulary. Like, they really learned and used the English language much better than the way we do it today. I think we, we, we're so limited in our discussion and in our choice of words. And I've been watching these old reruns, and I'm like, I want to be polished like those ladies and come across like I'm just so well rehearsed or I just know what the right thing to say in every scenario. I love it. You got to go. If you get a chance, you got to go back and see if you can see any of those old shows from the 60s and the 70s. It was, they were just so put together. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they were acting too, so keep that in mind. But yeah, I don't but know. They, they don't act like that today. They don't. The shows are not like that today. And I'm just talking about if you listen to the difference in the vocabulary and the, the word choices that they used back then. You have to get a dictionary in some respects because you don't even know what they're saying. We don't use those words today. It's it's a different bunch of people. It's definitely a different bunch of people out here on TV now. The things that I see on TV sometimes I'm floored by. But um, Terry, you mentioned something about improving um, your communication in in your in your love life. How do you go about doing that? Well, it, it starts with me. It starts with me realizing that sometimes, like Leslie, I am the culprit. I, I don't know, when Leslie said I keep score, I was like, you know what, that is me to the T. I definitely keep score. So mm -hmm. that's definitely a goal for 2017 to stop keeping score, letting stuff go, not having to always remember in the back of my mind some little small, really insignificant thing that somebody did that all it really does is just raise my blood pressure and is, you know, 
it really is just bad for me to keep scoring that way. So um, just being a nicer person, um, allowing people to speak before I jump in and interrupt them, really trying to understand where uh, my husband is coming from, looking at him when he's speaking, um, just really being engaged, just having 2017 be a more um, genuine and vigorous. Vigor is the word of the day. We're going to have mm-hmm. relationships with vigor. So when, you said, when, you, when you said keeping score, what do you mean? Like he did this and, and I'm going to remember that so that I can bring it back up? Like a tit for tat kind of keeps score? Exactly. People, there are ah. people that that would be something if you had to ask me, you know, there's this questionnaire that asks some real probing questions. And one of the questionnaires is, what characteristic do you dislike about yourself? And I would say that's the one thing I would probably dislike about myself. I keep score. So, yeah. And, and it doesn't always have to be bad. Like, if you loan me $20, I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I pay that $20 back. I don't like calling people. Or if you do something bad, Oh, I'm going to keep that in check to see, you know, keep that in the back of my mind and see if that shows up again. So that is not really good for healthy relationships. You have to be able to let some of that stuff go. You're not always going to be even season in a relationship. It's just not going to happen. And then you're not open to receiving what that person, uh, what they're trying to bring to you. It's not about... I mean, for me, if I'm back at an old conversation or old disagreement and this person's trying to present themselves in the present moment, I'm not even checking for what they're saying to me. I'm still back at what we, the, the, the past discussion. So that's a bad part of keeping score because you're not even open to what somebody is trying to bring to you in the present moment. Yeah, you're not in the present. Okay, all right. I don't do that. I don't, I don't keep score. You know, I... I'm glad I don't keep score. It sounds like it's a problem. But, you know, in the next <laughs> segment, is. we have – it is, right? <laughs> and in, in the next segment, we have um, six people. We have three girls and three guys coming up that they're going to have some questions, and hopefully I'll get a couple of questions in about, you know, relationships and, and, and the differences between men and women and how to make them better. And hopefully, you know, we can get a different perspective on, on how to do things differently and make better commitments and better communication and, and not keep score. Um, now, Terry, you being the financial lady, me wanting to uh, purchase something at the end of this year is part of one of my New Year's goals. What um, advice would you give me as far as managing my money? Um, two things. The first thing is baby steps. Don't set yourself up for failure saying, I want to save, you know, $50,000 by the end of the year when you know financially that just is not going to happen. So take baby steps. Um, Say to yourself, okay, I'm just going to start putting an extra $50 aside every time I get paid. You know, something that you know is reasonable and achievable. And then the second thing is you need to do it, um, have it set up automatically so that it's done for you. Every time you get paid, have your bank automatically transfer the money into a separate savings savings account so you really don't even see it. Because if it's not done automatically, it might not get done. Most of us, including myself, we're not disciplined um, with saving money. So I have to have my stuff automatically taken out of my paycheck. Otherwise, it would never happen. Okay, that's good advice. That's good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to set up an automatic uh, withdrawal so that I can be on track for 2017 at the end of 2017. So yeah, um, I have a question. Yeah. In terms of the savings that you're talking about and baby steps, are you talking about savings towards that emergency fund? Like, what is the intended goal? Do you make it personal, like, after the end of the year, now that I've saved X amount of dollars, I'm going to do something with it? Or is it to build on? What should be the intended goal of taking out that portion of paycheck and putting it in a savings? Well, ideally, if you can afford to, you should have two types of savings account. You should have one, which is an emergency savings, and that's just $1,000. 
And that's for, you know, life things that come up so that you don't end up mm-hmm. putting your putting those things on your credit card. Like, I like to drive fast, so I get a speeding ticket every once in a while. So <laughs> that money comes out of my little emergency savings account. Um, and then you should have a long-term savings account, you know, saving for purchase of a new home, saving to buy a new car, saving to travel to Dubai, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you know you want to do that's going to be a big chunk of money, have a separate long-term savings account. Okay. okay. That's interesting. Okay. So you two have, you two are the superstars, right, about about love and relationships, 28 years and, and 30 years. Me wanting to improve my love life in 2017, is there any advice either of you could give me? I My advice in any kind of relationship is, be very careful and concerned with your own feelings. Because when you start putting yourself, you, when you start putting other people above your own feelings, you start to sacrifice in ways that you would never think you would do. So you need to check in on yourself, make sure that you're good, because if you're not good, you can't share and be good for anybody else. So when you call yourself, when you say yourself, say that you're in a relationship, make sure that you're good first when you're going into a relationship. Make sure that you dealt with issues that are triggers for you from the past or so that you're not bringing that into a current relationship. And then, like we've always said over and over again, communication is the key. Be honest in the beginning. Don't start playing playing the game just as you don't want to say anything to upset somebody, so therefore I'm not going to tell anybody how I truly feel. Sometimes you may need to tell people how you truly feel. And if they can deal with it, if they're in the long haul with you, then they'll, you will figure everything out. The two of you will figure it out. But when you start playing games and holding on and reserving your feelings and putting yourself second, third, or even tenth on the list, you're going to find yourself in a much worse place later on down the road. All right. All right. Thank you. That's good. That's good. We're going to take a break, um, and we're going to come back with our panel and ask some questions about uh, love and love matters and relationships and kind of, you know, women and men think differently. So I'm kind of curious to see what guys think about some of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about and some of the things that my panel is wondering about. So we'll get five minutes here, take a break, and we'll be back.
incarcerated individuals. He conducts readiness workshops um, for teens at risk, and he also facilitated a domestic violence program. Hey, Anthony, what's up? How you doing? Good evening. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We also have O.G. Aiken. He's a private uh, security consultant, social media content management, and if you ever see him online, you know that man is busy. What's up, O.G.? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, thank you for letting me be here amongst everybody, and glad to be part of this panel. Thanks for the support. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And we also have uh, Nelsie Rivera. She is a clinical therapist specializing in marriage and family counseling, and also the uh, owner of FirstBond.org. Hey, Nelsie, how are you? Hello. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me. And we have uh, Onisha Love. Onisha Love is a spiritual, intuitive counselor and healer of the soul. She's the owner of AwakenFlower.com. Hey, Onisha. Hello, hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. Hey. Hey, Onisha. And we also have uh, Terry Pierre Lewis. He's a 28-year-old male, uh, eclectic, avid reader, Florida native and an art nerd, as he describes himself. What's up, Terry? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. It's a pleasure to be on your show tonight. Thank you for support. I appreciate it, Terry. And last but not least, we have Aisha Gary. She is 28 years old. She works as a neuromuscular therapist by trade, founder of Holistics Body Works, currently in a two-year relationship and is an avid student. All right. That was something I was going to ask everybody. How you doing, Aisha? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, Anthony, can you tell us what your relationship status is? Oh, you're going right in. <laughs> right in, baby, uh, right in. Yeah, I see that. Well, I'm um, kind of newly uh, separated after 24 years of marriage. So um just trying to make sense of everything, see where I, you know, I went wrong, what can I do differently, and just, you know, find my bearings again, so to speak. Okay. OG, where are you? Yeah, I'm married and, um, you know, just, you know, living life and trying to um, make the best out of uh, every moment that you have, okay. you know, and everything is a workout, you know? I know that's right. And Nelsie, your, your status? I'm married for 29 years with my husband. Nice, nice. You're in there with Leslie and Terry. And uh, Onisha, you? I'm currently single. I've been single for two years. And these last two years, I've been basically working on myself. <laughs> okay. And we already know that uh, Aisha said she was in a two-year relationship. And uh, Terry, what about you? What's your status? Uh, single male, just traveling and trying not to fall into the stereotype of getting married too soon. Okay. Okay. So, um, Nelsie, why don't you come up with the first question? What do you have? What do you want to know tonight? What's what's going on? I would like to know, and maybe Terry it would be perfect to answer this. What would be a key com a, a a key feature in a woman that would give you the desire to commit? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say that adaptability is very important just because the way the world is right now, there's so many unknowns and the point of being in a relationship with somebody is facing those unknowns together. But a lot of times we get caught up in our own preconceived notions of what things are supposed to be. So we'll have this idea and we're stuck to it, but it's hard for us to break free from that if the circumstances were to change. So for me to really commit to a woman, I, you would have to really be able to, just adapt with the conditions and make the most of what we have. So what kind of conditions are we talking about when you say adapt? You know, are you talking about you're going to come home and say, yo, baby, um, I met another chick today and I think I want a second wife. Is that kind of adaptation you're talking about? No, no, no. Definitely. No, that, that doesn't work. I believe in, you know, 
one husband, one wife forever. I don't think too many people leave in forever anymore, though. But, you know, I was raised on that. But conditions okay. such as, you know, financial difficulties, if uh, you end up with a what they call an uh-oh baby, if, if it wasn't mm-hmm. in your plans, um, you know, the health issues in the family, either immediate family or beyond, just how you adapt to those scenarios as they come up. Okay. And okay. Is, uh, can Terry answer that too? That was Terry. Oh. Oh, you say can I... Can I, I I meant to say no, Anthony, wanted... I'm sorry. Oh, Anthony. Go ahead, um, Anthony. Now, can you repeat that question real quick? Can you give me a key a key feature in a woman that will give you the desire to commit again? Oh, wow. I don't know. I think to be honest with you, I think that really goes on a lot of different levels. You know, in my experience, you know, people, when you get married young, you're... Um, perspectives and I think, you know, life experiences change you. And I think sometimes the challenge in a long time lasting relationship is that you have to grow together. And if one person hasn't done that and the other person has or there's some shortcomings that just you know, we have friction. You know, the thing with me is I don't like to keep constantly going over the same ground or the same issue constantly without no improvement. That drives me just practically insane. And for me to like, right now I can tell you, I, the likelihood of me ever getting married again is slim enough. I'll be honest <laughs> with that. And, uh, <laughs> I, believe the, I believe what you're saying is progress is one of the key features that you would need. Yes, I have to see progress. And I don't know. Progression, what, okay. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm just, that's just for me, you know what I mean? Because. That's cool. And that's I don't cool. want to sound. That's cool, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't want to sound negative on relationships. I don't want to see say no, that no, I would no. be a serial serial dater because I really don't want to do that either. So I'm just taking myself a time out and realize what I find important. You know, I really be honest with you when you talk about it, all the long and short things. I just really want somebody that can just be nice and just be straight up. I don't really have a lot of time for all that. Uh, you know, one of the things that always uh, catches my eyes that, or I say like as a red flag is like. You know, sisters seem to be angry nowadays. And I'm not making that a stereotypical type of thing. Of no, course no, before. no. It's, I understand where you're coming from. Keep going. But it seems like there's a lot of anger. And I guess so the question I would have for the women is how can you get past, how can you get past those old hurts and trust to get in a new relationship? That's my question. I, I think that's a great by learning more in, about yourself and taking the time out to figure out who you are and what, and um, learning how to process and deal with those past hurts and pains. That's the only way you're going to get through them. <laughs> That's what I it's say. True. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Before I was in my, in my two-year relationship, that's what I did. I put two years to myself to actually gather and just to figure out, you know, what I was possibly doing wrong and just to reflect on my past relationship. And that works. Is it possible that what is perceived as anger is that there's some lack of communication and something was triggered and some actions aren't being checked in on? Like, I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pro-woman and I really mm-hmm. take offense to that whole women are angry because it sounds like we've just been painted with a broad brush. And if I'm an individual and something happened in my relationship with me and another individual and something triggered that anger, are we both checking in on what happened? Am I just coming out the break angry? Is that what what we're saying? That women are just coming out the starting gate very angry? Or did something happen to trigger someone's anger? I don't think I, I, I don't like to believe that we're that angry and that you can paint women with that broad brush. I think that it's an individual thing and what happened between two people that would stir up anger. Now that's true. Anthony. If I might chime in, oh, I'm just yeah, oh, yeah, I'm listening to. But in my experience, anger is always a secondary emotion, and like you said, it had to be something to trigger that event. But over time, as you progress or mature or develop or however you want to say it, you're supposed to be able to manage it. One of the things that really I don't particularly care for 
is how you can't communicate without having anger. You know what I mean? Why is it that we always have to anger? Like even with the young people I deal with, the first emotion they identify with is anger. And you have to get through all that anger before you get to the real issue. But I'm saying as adults, why is it that we always we can't communicate without getting angry? If, if, I if you I think, can communicate, I think, but it's not going to be successful. Exactly. So you're not really communicating. And you know oh, gee, did you have something to add in on there? Yeah, I would just, I would just basically say that, um, you know, as I said in the beginning, you know, everything's based on, you know, what kind of destiny you're going to take with somebody. I mean, what you have to ask yourself: Are you just looking for communication? Or do, are you looking for, is there some kind of journey that you want to be on? Is it a destination or is it a journey? Because if it, if it is a destination, and I, sometimes I consider relationships, some relationships destinations, um, that you know there's going to come a point where the growth is going to stop. So you have to decide. I think two people have to decide. I don't think it's even about necessary communication because I know plenty of people that might have a perfectly good relationship without even communicating. You know, they just accept each other for who it is. So I, I just think acceptance has a lot to do with it. And what is your, you know, what do you, what is the, what is the goal for two people coming together? You have to ask yourself that question. If it's personal and it's like, look, I just want somebody to love me, or I just want to be in a relationship. That I consider that in my world. I think it's more of a, of a. It's not. It's. It's no longer. Now you have taken life instead of saying, "Look, two people come together so we could change the world" or something like that. I think that's more important than two people coming together for personal love. So I think that relationships should not be personal. They should be, you know, if you if you're looking for a quality it be person, than I would, yeah, it should be bigger, bigger than, than what I want. Right. What are we going to do together right. as two people to affect the world? Bottom line. Okay. And that's Can what I share. Can those goals change eventually as the um, relationship progress? Well, as I think it was Anthony or Terry said, that you have to also be adaptable. You have to understand at that. some mm-hmm. point. Terry said that. Okay. Um, that you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to know when there's a certain point. Sometimes the universe... If we all believe in God or a higher force, you have to understand sometimes it's not for you. Maybe it's just a small journey and then for you to learn something or grow and then move on. When you, It starts getting tough is when there's too much conflict, when there's too much back and forth and I need to be heard. And Once you have to ask somebody, do I need to be heard? Then I just think really at that point, you know, I, I mean, personally, I just think that, you know, at that point, okay, you have to start open. looking. Yeah, you might yeah, still have to start looking in the direction that the season might be coming to an end. And also, can I add something to that? Please, please, please. Go ahead. And this is a very interesting conversation. I love this conversation. And I also was going to say, if we all think about it, when we want to open up a business or when we want to change careers or we want to study something new to further our careers, we do the due diligence, we check, we go, we look at the colleges, we're getting all our paperwork in order, we're checking, we're interviewing people. Why is it when the, the biggest asset is our own lives, when you're going to become a union with someone else, why are you not doing the same due diligence with that person? I got to get to know you. I want to get to know, you know, how you were raised. Who was your, you know, how did you see your parents? You know, did they love on each other? Did they fight? You know, let me see your point of view before I decide I'm going to commit to this person. Do we have the same likes? Can we grow together? That might not necessarily be the, the, the person for you. It might be lust. But there has to be more substance than lust. Because at the end of the day, when I, when we're not intimate, what do we have? Right. Well, that's the beginning. You know, that's the beginning. Healthy. Yeah. In the beginning, uh, you have to do the work. In the beginning, you know the it's, through, it's throughout the whole relationship. It's not just the beginning. And I'll use myself as an example. When my husband and I became empty nesters and we were so young at it, we became empty nesters at a young age. And I always knew that there was going to have to come a time where we would have to dig down deep and figure out, do we really, really like each other? 
we, the lust phase was over. These kids are grown and they're gone. Now we're here, it's just the two of us. And why are we still doing this thing called marriage? And that's what we're still reinventing and learning now after 30, almost 30 years of marriage. It doesn't ever go away. For anybody to think, and I like what um, OG said in terms of a destination or a journey, for me, I think this relationship that I'm in is a journey because it's going to evolve. It's going to change. And we're not going to always agree. And we will agree on some things, but it's forever changing. It doesn't stay the same. It, we're, we're heading into another phase in our life. We both hit the 50 milestone. We're both 50. So now we're looking at growing older gracefully. What does that look like for us? We're trying to eat better. We're trying to work out, but it's a communication. It's something that continuously goes on. So you always, if you're on this journey, you're always learning and trying to figure out how does this look and how is it better for the both of us? And what are you contributing to that? And on that journey, you must know there's going to be conflicts. You're never going to be on the same page at the same time all the time. And you have to be able to come to each other and that's talk to Anthony, not angry, but sometimes you are angry. And sometimes it is going to be a little angry uh, conversation that you're going to have. But you know, in the end, that you two are on a journey. So you're going to go back to what you know as your foundation, and the love is going to be there. So when you say. Oh, I'm dropping a couple of F bombs, know that. But if you know if you know that you're on a journey, Leslie, like you said, the F bombs will be swept under the rug for a moment and you guys will get back on track and continue your journey. But that's but what life is about. So can I interject something here? Can I just add one thing? Okay, I understand uh, uh the journey and the season and I get all that. And uh, going, who said about you going to drop some f bombs? But you know, in intense these type of intense conversations, when you say things out your mouth, you know the the Bible tells you about having a tongue that that speaks bitter and sweet um, water. And when you say different things that cut to a person's soul, I don't think that you can make that up and say, oh, after the late, after the argument's over, we kiss up and make up and everything is good again. Not for you, but that's not true. I agree. I agree. Because that's when you are, are, what you're you're doing is basically just burying it for later on. It's going to be worse and more aggression and more forceful and more hurt and pain later on. So definitely, I agree with that. What I'm saying, this is what I feel, and and maybe we're on a, a different sheet of music. The way I was raised and the way I was brought up, and it's just like Nelson said, if you don't know how that person was raised and brought up and what they bring to the table, because we're all living out what we were when we were children, and we're just doing it as an adult phase. And my father was the type of person that whenever something went wrong, he always corrected the behavior. He never condemned me as the child. He never called me out my name. He never made me feel bad about why I did something wrong. So when you don't, when you come to the table and you're arguing, when I say dropping f bombs, I'm not saying it's to tear my my significant other down. I'm talking about a situation. I'm not talking about him. I'm not condemning him. I'm not tearing him down. I'm not talking about him. I'm dropping an f bomb because I'm passionate about what we're talking about doesn't make me angry or mean or mean-spirited towards him. And I think that a lot of people get that wrong. When they're arguing, they do that below-the-belt arguing. And when you start tearing people down and trying to make them feel less than, that's when you go into a territory that's very dangerous, and you can't put those words back into your mouth. You I cannot. Just you, you can't bring I just, hey, hey, I just got a text from a listener, and they said to me that, you know, there's many different ways to communicate, and everybody's going to communicate differently. But you have to have the spirit of forgiveness. You can't hold on to things and just keep it and hold it because that spoils you and your partner. So in the heat of an argument, if somebody drops the F-bomb or says something that really annoys you, but you know that you know that you know you love that person and you're on a journey, you have to have a spirit of forgiveness. That's in the Bible, too. Anthony. Yeah, you, so, you're going to forgive. That's no sweat there. But the thing is, is that with profanity, that root word is profane. 
it's supposed to trigger something negative in people. If you're having an argument and the first thing that you react with in your fit of passion for the subject or how it affects you is to go to profanity, you're creating an environment which automatically triggers negative feelings. So it's not, it's not a building. Plus, if you're really in a passion, there's so many words in any language that you speak to communicate effectively what's going on and to create a solution for that, you there there's just a different way to do it. And it's Can I say And I agree with yes, that. Please. Because it, Can I say something? Talking, yeah. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, go in, girl. You uh, Anthony is coming from a different place because he's he just said he said he's just separated from his twenty twenty four years is commendable. And he's in a different place. We don't know the situation. Yeah. But I will say this. When you you have to learn your fighting language and you got to fight fair. Now, with me, I'm married 29 years. If he throws the F-bomb, there's something behind that. Something happened that day. I know that, that how many decades. I'm, I'm almost, I know him since I'm 10. But I know this man is emotional about me. I know he has proven it to me. It does, it's right. not what he's saying, it's what he does. He, he, a right. man sa- does what he says he's going to do. So those F-bombs come without meaning to me because I know who, what he feels about me. And, and I said, I'm about to say that we, a couple that says to you they don't fight, that's not true. A couple that does not fight, that's unrealistic. Maybe others fight, you know, strong, I'm Latina. You know, we grab a frying pan and we'll, we throw it at a guy. You know, I'm a Latina. This oh, well, an, argument you know, is, an argument is just that, an argument. So exactly. I don't know anybody that's funny. I just mm-hmm. don't like the way you did that. Okay, dear, I won't do that. I don't know anybody and, that argues like and that. And the best part about it is intima- intimacy makeup after that argument is the best thing. <laughs> that yeah, is the best part of the whole situation. After the fight is the best. <laughs> do we all agree on that? That's the best, yeah. that's the best sex. I think that people in general just, they don't communicate well. And I feel that's a problem in relationships just in general. You know, if you let the argument get to a point where you guys are, you know, calling each other out each other's names and you're using F-bombs and all this, it's already gone too far. You know, you well, guys are doing no with routine maintenance and checking in on each other and making sure everything is good. So that's and what is an argument also, suggestive thought, and when to approach. Sometimes um, uh, us women are guilty of this, that when they come home and, and let's say a stay-at-home mom, she approaches them immediately. Oh, do you know what little Junior did? Do you know this, that? The boiler's broken. Give him a chance. Give him a glass of wine. Let him relax. Let him, you know, let him sit down. Let him take a shower. Then when you're sitting and you're discussing pillow talk or something, bring it up. But if he he had a bad day, wait a minute. You don't need to throw it on him immediately. And there's a form of communication, understanding when to approach and, uh, you know, what mood is he in. Learn your man and learn your, your woman. And then exactly. you can communicate better. It's going to be a better back and forth than if he's coming from the door. He's going to say, you know, he's going to throw me a bombs. Oh, I'm getting it from work and now I'm getting it from her. Let me in more. Let me take my shoes off. We have to have a thought process. We have to be thinkers. Aisha, you said um, check in, right? Tell me what check in means to you. What does that mean, check in? So check in is just, you know, calling, calling your guy or your girl during the day and asking them how's your day or maybe sending them a text, how's your day going? And just to see, like, where their head is at, people like that, you know? Like, they like they like when people uh, check in on them just in general and, and ask how their day is going. And That's I think nice. just doing that in a relationship in general would help. And, you know, if you Very know what's nice. going on on a day-to-day with your mate, you know, that would alleviate a lot of those problems. It shows that you care about him. Mm-hmm. Did anybody not get that question? Well, I just want to clarify mine so that people don't mistake what I mean. Like, I, I personally, when I said that, you know, if you start having complications, then it's time to be out. No, I don't mean that. I mean that if you're, if it becomes to a point where it's so stressful, it really, it really starts to affect your health. And you, everybody's put in their work. 
and try to do everything they had to do to make it work, then nobody should feel any certain way and that when it's time to move on, you know. But other than that, like I said, you want to, you definitely want to have chemistry so that you could understand the dynamics of what a person's saying. Because sometimes, like I said, it's more, we give more physical, because of our primitive behavior as humans, we have more physical traits of communication than we do verbally. So we actually communicate physically better than we do mentally by showing displays in our eyes. And women are very, they display a lot in their eyes and in their face. And, um, you know, you kind of tell more about what they're thinking through what they look like than what they're saying. So. We're coming up on that five minutes left, Mark. And um, I don't want to leave things to open, but I would really love it if each and everybody, everyone here would come back again and we can kind of continue this. I don't know, maybe next week or the week after. Because I think there's more to be said, and I like the direction that this conversation is going. Um, I'm 100% I'm going, in. You're, Me too. Oh, thank you, Sydney Nestle. Thank Amazing you. conversation. Amazing, everyone. Thank you for the input. You're welcome. I'm going to You're welcome. Don't go away yet. I'm going to ask Terry to give us um, a closing word, Terry. What would you say is one of – give us something. I don't know. What do you want to say, Terry? Well, as a young single man, I um, – I don't know. I, I I know what I'm looking for in the world, and I know that um, the possibilities are endless. If all of us just take the time to, first of all, be honest with ourselves, um, because we're the easiest person that you can lie to, you know, it's yourself. Uh, if we could just be honest with ourselves and our own criticisms, not be too harsh, and uh, maybe we can move forward. Thank you, Terry. And I have Nelsia Rivera. She is a... Nelsia, you tell them what you do and give them your website. Go ahead, girl. Real quick. You... I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm a transformational therapist. And you could see my website. I have a nonprofit called thefirstbond.org. We teach um, healthy relationships throughout the community. So you can reach me there and send me an email. Are you on I'm Facebook? Um, you could send me an email at MissNelsieRivera at gmail.com or at NelsieAtTheFirstBond.org. Oh, gee, she's not really a Facebook girl, that she told me. Oh, Nisha, let me have your website, girl. AwakenFlower.com. Check me out. Tell me what you do. <laughs> Tell me what you do. Tell me what you do, quickly. Oh, I'm a spiritual intuitive, and I do herbal um, healing remedies. Um, so okay. you can find okay. me at AwakenFlower.com. All right, thank yes. you, sweetie. Oh, gee, tell me what you do. Give me your website. How can people get you? If somebody wants to give me a further information about private security consulting or uh, internet content or Facebook social media content, uh, O-U-T-T-A-B-O-X at gmail.com. That is out of box at gmail.com. O-U-T-T-A-B-O-X. Anthony, I see you do a lot of help for the people. How do people reach you if they need to get in touch with you to find out how to help uh, teens that are... In you can the... contact me through Facebook. That's the best venue. Okay, Anthony Lucky. Okay, and good. I definitely and Terry, want to come back. You are all coming back. We will set this up. I will find out everybody's schedule, and we will do this again. My name is Tracy J. Hines. I am a lover of love. I am a poet. I wrote a book called Love Addiction. Go to my website, T-R-A-C-I-J-H-I-N-D-S. Get a copy. H-I-N-D-S dot com, excuse me, and make sure you get a copy. The uh, e-reader is three ninety nine. the paperback is ten ninety nine. Thank you to all of my guests, my co-host, Leslie. I know you're still there. You weren't feeling too well. Thank you for coming out. And everybody have a good night, okay? All good right, night, guys. Well. You as well. Good night, everyone. Good, good night. night. Good night. Good night. Good night.